And I'm so excited for the journey that we're all going to take as a church over these next three weeks through 21 days of prayer, preaching on prayers that move heaven. And I believe that these next few weeks for us as a family are actually going to be so significant. And so I encourage you to lean into everything that God is wanting to say to you today, because as a family, we're going to go before heaven and we're going to knock on heaven's door and we're going to pray some big and some bold prayers. And we're going to learn about moments in scripture where people, men and women of God, prayed prayers that ended up moving heaven to respond. And so I'm really excited about this. And before we jump into a series on prayer, we should probably pray. Does that sound good? Okay. God, I just thank you so much that you are here right now with us. And God, I pray that you would speak to us today. God, I pray that as we dive into your word, into your scripture, as we learn about men and women that have prayed bold, audacious prayers, God, I pray that you would rise up the same type of faith within each and every one of us. I pray that you would rise up within us boldness and audacity and persistence when it comes to praying prayers where we can partner with heaven. So God, we are excited for what you're going to do, and we are here to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'm kicking us off with something simple. It's a five-word prayer. Just five words, and five words that you might think are simple, five words that you might not think are a prayer initially, but they come up in conversation with God. It's five words that are very powerful if you were to say them. Five words that are so dangerous because the enemy would hate for you to say them. Five words that I'm going to dare each of y'all to pray. Do you want to know what the five words are? Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. If you're taking notes, that's the title of my message. You can write it down. And you might think those words are so simple, Darcy. I came here for an in-depth dive into scripture. And you're telling me, here I am, send me. Y'all just wait. These words are incredibly powerful for you as a believer. And I'm going to tell you why soon. But let me first tell you about a person who prayed similar words like this. See, I heard this story once many years ago from another pastor who shared this story. And when I first heard it, I wasn't sure if I believed it, but it legit happened. You see, one day this woman, a young woman, was driving home from work. And as she was driving, she felt this nudge in her spirit from God. And she felt like God said to her, I need you to turn around, go to that petrol station, go inside and do a handstand against the vending machine. And she goes, God, that's a bit ridiculous. I'm not really sure if that's you asking me to do that. And so she kept driving and God nudged again. Again, God said, I need you to turn around, go to that petrol station, go inside, do a handstand against the vending machine. And she starts to wrestle with God to be like, God, this is outrageous. This would be ridiculous. And God nudged again and said, turn around. She's like, okay, God, you win. I'll turn around. So she turns around. She drives back to this petrol station that God highlighted to her. She goes inside. She quickly scans to see how many people are inside, realizes it's just the cashier behind the desk. So she goes, okay. She walks over to the, the vending machine. She does a handstand, comes back down, and quickly is trying to walk back out, slightly embarrassed. And all of a sudden, the cashier yells out to her and say, hey, why'd you do that? And she goes, um, well, you might think this is crazy, but God asked me to. And immediately, this cashier started to cry in disbelief, and he goes, I just prayed to God, and I said, God, if you are real, then I want you to make somebody come in here and do a handstand against my vending machine, and if you don't do that, if you don't send someone, then I'm done with this, and I'm going to end my life tonight. 
God sent that woman in there with a crazy ask, an ask that was so specific. And she went inside, and because she was willing to obey this prompt from God and do a handstand against a vending machine, not knowing why, that night she was able to lead somebody to Jesus. That night, a young man's life was not just changed, but his life was saved. That night, because somebody was willing to say, here I am, God, you can send me. I'll look ridiculous for you. You can send me. She didn't just pray the prayer, but she felt the nudge, and then she obeyed it. See, oftentimes we pray this prayer. We say, here I am, send me, and then God nudges us to go, and we go, "Mm, not that one. Let's try a different one, God. But she listened to it, and despite how ridiculous it sounded, she obeyed it. And she felt she went with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that night, because of her obedience, she partnered with heaven and a young man's life was saved. We first read these words in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. And Isaiah is saying, I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. You know, all throughout scripture, God chooses to partner with people. He actually specializes in partnering with people that others would like to disqualify. Now, you might be thinking, but isn't God omnipotent? That's a fancy word, meaning he is all powerful. So does he actually need to partner with us to make miracles happen? No, he doesn't need to, but he chooses to. See, he doesn't need us, but he chooses to partner with us all the time. But he wants to partner with people that are willing to be obedient to the call of God on their lives. That's when prayers will move heaven. And this is important that we talk about this on Anointing Sunday because at the end of our service today, we're actually going to take a moment to pray a simple prayer over every single person here that wants prayer. You don't have to come forward if you don't want it. But for those that do, we're going to place a dab of oil on your forehead. And that signifies that you are set apart by God for God. It signifies that you are anointed and blessed by God. But I don't want you to misunderstand what it means to be anointed and called by God. You need to know that God does want to bless us. But more than that, God is asking every single one of you, could I use you to impact somebody else's life? Could I use you as my messenger? Could we create this partnership where I could send you to impact lives in this world? See, it's more than just being blessed by God. It's God saying, can I use you? Can I use you to change this world? You know, church, many people can recognize and acknowledge the power of God. Quite simply, a lot of people love to say, yeah, man, God is powerful. God is amazing. But it takes courageous people to say, God, I want to partner with that power. It takes courageous people to say, I'm not just going to sit in the spectator seat and watch what happens, but I'm going to step into the participator seat and say, God, if you need a volunteer, I'm ready. It takes courageous people to step into that seat. You know, it is God who chooses to anoint people, and it's God who chooses to bless people. But then there's a choice that comes back to us. It's the choice to not just recognize his power, but say, okay, God, I am ready to partner with you. You can send me. God is asking all the time, all the time, every single day, all throughout history, whom can I send? He's asking every single person, whom can I send? And he is looking for the people that are willing to say, Here I am. You can send me. 
even if you don't have all the answers, even if you're not really sure why he's asking you to do something crazy, he's looking for those courageous people. And let me tell you what happens in this short prayer exchange. It starts with this proactive prayer, a prayer that recognizes that God wants to send somebody. And then somebody proactively, meaning before they've been asked personally, proactively says, God, I'm available. If you need a volunteer, I'm ready. It's a proactive prayer that says, God, I'm going to be listening out for your command. I'm going to be listening to those nudges because if you need a volunteer, I want you to know you could use me. It's a proactive prayer. You know, have you ever felt a nudge in life to help somebody and you ignored it? Look, I think we all have. You don't need to nod your head. I think we have all felt a nudge like that at some point in our lives to help somebody and we ignored it. And at those moments in time, we can use all these different ways to justify why we didn't help in the moment. But what if that was God nudging you? What if it was God looking for somebody to answer somebody else's prayer? What if it was God that was looking for somebody to deliver a miracle that day and we just ignore it? I think it's really easy for us to want to be used by God. I think that, you know, we would all say that. We'd be like, yeah, I want that. But it, but it takes another thing to, to listen to his prompting and then to follow through in obedience. You know why God was able to use that woman to save that man's life at a petrol station? It's because she told God he could use her. And when he nudged her, She listened in obedience. You know, when that man prayed that very specific prayer, God was looking at the people available in the area, and he goes, I could use her. I know I could trust her to do it. I'm going to go nudge her. See, I want God to look at Elam Papakura and see a room full of people that are ready to deliver miracles to people in this community. I want God to look at this church, this family of believers, to look at us and say, you know what? I've got a room full of volunteers that are ready to not just be nudged by me, but to follow through and deliver a miracle to somebody else. I want us to be a church that isn't just a room filled with spectators watching what God is doing, but I want us to be a church that is a room filled with participators where we can come forward and we can say, man, you'll never believe how God used me this week. You'll never believe what God did this week all because I was just obedient and it was crazy. I want us to be a church that is filled with those stories every single week, but your proactive prayer, it needs something because you need to know this. You cannot do it on your own. Good news is you are not the miracle worker. That's good news. You can just take that pressure off yourself right now. You are not the miracle worker. Your proactive prayer, it needs something. It needs the power of God. It's proactive prayer plus the power of God, which equals a partnership for the miraculous. Proactive prayer plus the power of God equals a partnership for the miraculous. You praying the five words, here I am, send me, that tells God that you're available. But the beauty happens when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you have his power compelling you forward. It's this beautiful thing that happens when you actually step outside of your comfort zone and you actually make room for God's power to manifest in your life, for God to move in your life. That's the beauty of this partnership. You know, let me tell you about some people in the Bible who actually activated this partnership with God. And in doing so, they wrote history. Maybe you've heard of Moses. 
If you're doing the Bible recap with us as a church this year so far, we've now gone through the book of Genesis, the book of Job, and we're now in Exodus, and we're reading about Moses. And Moses, he actually led 600,000 Israelite men, plus all the women and children. They didn't count them in that, so some people believe there were roughly 2 million people that Moses led on this mass, mass exodus out of Egypt, out of slavery. But did you know that many years prior, Moses fled Egypt by himself out of shame and embarrassment because he murdered an Egyptian for how the way that they were treating his people. And so he left Egypt because he knew that he had done something he should not have done. And then God found him and God spoke to him and God said, I want to send you back because I need you to help rescue my people. And Moses came up with all these reasons why he was unqualified and why he was not talented enough because not only did he have a bad rep, but also he had some form of a speech impediment. Maybe it was a stutter. And he was like, God, how am I supposed to go before Pharaoh and tell them to let our people go, to let your people go when I can't even get the words out? But through this wrestle with God, all of a sudden Moses surrendered in his spirit and he said, okay, God, you can send me. You can send me. I will go for you. And so God sent him back with his brother Aaron so Aaron could speak on his behalf. On his behalf. But Moses knew he could not do it on his own strength. He needed the power of God moving through him. And God chose to use someone with a speech impediment and someone who was a murderer to go back and just be available for God to work his miracles through him. That's who he chose. He was looking for his availability and his willingness to simply be obedient to whatever it was that God was asking him to do. And because of this partnership, God's people found freedom from slavery when they miraculously crossed across the Red Sea on dry ground. Or what about David? Have you heard about him? He was a teenage shepherd boy who was not trained as a warrior. Yet one day his dad sent him to take some lunches to his brothers who were all soldiers. And they were camped out on the battle lines with the Israelite army. And on the other side was the Philistine army. And it was a bit at a stalemate because there was this giant in the Philistine army named Goliath who kept stepping out to taunt the Israelite army, which was God's people, God's army. He said, look, we don't all need to fight. Just one of you come fight me. That's it. One-on-one -on -one battle. And nobody was willing to step forward. And so David's there just being the delivery boy with the lunches. But he starts to ask some questions and he's curious about Goliath's challenge. And word gets back to the king about David's curiosity. And the king then wants to meet with David, this teenage shepherd boy. And so David goes to meet with the king. and He goes, well, I'll do it. I'll fight him. I'll fight him for you. And David didn't even wear any armor when he stepped up to fight, he was dressed like a shepherd. He was just proactively asking questions about this giant. He stepped forward with no armor, never trained to fight a giant soldier. He was a shepherd who knew how to protect his sheep from wolves and bears and lions. But he stepped forward with a sling and a wooden staff while the rest of God's army was back behind him, kitted out in armor with swords strapped to their side, he stepped out as a shepherd boy. Yet his willingness to say, here I am, send me, plus the power of God moving through him, that's what saw the giant slain that day with a single stone. Or what about Elijah? 
He was a prophet of God who was willing to stand when nobody else would. In 1 Kings chapter 18, there's this story that I'm going to preach on in two weeks. But Ahab and Jezebel, they were trying to kill all of the prophets of God. Whereas the other prophets, 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah, they were false gods. All the false gods, they had a seat at their table. But there was this man named Obadiah that tried to hide some of the prophets of God so that they wouldn't get killed. And he hid a hundred of them in two different caves. But Elijah stepped forward when God said, I've got a message that I need you to deliver. And Elijah stepped forward out of hiding. A single man had this posture of, here I am, send me. And with God's power going with him, he went head to head with 450 prophets of Baal to see who was truly in power that day. God wanted to do a miracle, but he needed a man who was willing to be bold and audacious and the last man standing against hundreds of others. How often, though, do we see hundreds against us? Or maybe it's just 50 against us. Or maybe just five friends against us or two family members against us. And like the other prophets of God, we want to run into hiding into a cave. But I don't know about you. I want the spirit of Elijah The spirit that says, okay, I might be the last one standing up for God, but God, you can send me. You can use me. And because he chose to partner with God that day, heaven powerfully moved. Look, I'll tell you the rest of the story in two weeks. But what about Mary? Mary, she was a young teenager. She was a young teenager when God decided to partner with her to introduce Jesus to the world. She was a teenage girl who miraculously conceived a child before she was married. And she would have faced massive ridicule and gossip from the people in town. Think about her situation in today's world. In today's society, this teenage girl would have countless people telling her to just get rid of the unexpected baby. But Mary knew that in that moment where the angel visited her, she knew in that moment that she was chosen and she was anointed by God and she didn't back down out of fear, but she said, okay, God, you can use me. I don't fully understand how this is happening, but I'll carry your presence. I'll carry your son. You can use me. Mary partnered with God to bring us our savior. She was an ordinary teenage girl but she was willing and available to God. Keys can come join me now. All of these men and women, they were anointed by God for the miraculous, but they chose to not just recognize his power. They chose to get uncomfortable and partner with his power. And their willing prayers moved heaven to respond. Their willingness and their availability moved heaven to respond, and we still read about their stories today. See, they were set apart by God. They were anointed, but then they moved with the power of God. They didn't just stand still and expect to be blessed, but they decided that they would get uncomfortable because they wanted to experience the fullness of a life with God, the fullness of a life of miracles. God asked Moses to go to Pharaoh, so Moses went even with his insecurities. God asked David to fight the giant. So David stepped up to battle even with no armor. 
God asked Elijah to go head to head against 450 prophets of Baal. So Elijah came out of hiding and stood before a crowd trusting that God was with him in that moment. And he was. God asked Mary to carry his presence within her womb and deliver a baby who would be the world's savior. Mary carried Jesus for nine months, even when others around her probably didn't understand the promise. Then she raised that child, even when other moms might have judged her. But she was committed to this miraculous partnership with heaven. She was committed and she followed Jesus to his death and then she witnessed his resurrection. These men and women were anointed. They were set apart by God and for God. They were blessed because they willingly went with his presence and they were willing to be used by him in whatever way God saw fit. They would have all had a similar prayer posture of saying, here I am, send me. Proactive prayer plus the power of God will equal a partnership for the miraculous. If you wanna experience the fullness of life, that comes from having the Holy Spirit dwell within you and his power compelling you to move forward. You know, when Frosty and I were talking about this, he mentioned something that was so clear. He said, you know, a car can be modified. It can, you can add loads of bells and whistles to it. You could put in a new powerful engine and you can make it look mean. You can add in things that will give it some more oomph and some more grit, but it does nothing just sitting in the garage. You only feel the power of a modified car when it is moving. Church, as a believer, you are not meant to be blessed and anointed by God and then just sit in your comfort zone. You are meant to be blessed and anointed by God and then go and make disciples, to go and impact the world, to go and touch lives and change generations. You are meant to move with the power of God and God just needs your availability. He just needs you to say, here I am, send me. That is a five word prayer that will move heaven to respond. It's five words that is dangerous to the devil because he knows that that's five words that activates something within a believer. It activates something within a believer. This boldness and this courage rises up and then heaven partners with him. The host of angels get so excited because all of a sudden there's another human that is willing to partner with a supernatural God. Five words that I dare you to pray today. Yes, we are gonna anoint you and God's blessing and his favor is on you. But if you wanna experience the fullness of life with God, you gotta move with his presence. You gotta move with his power. You gotta say, here I am, send me. Church, let me pray for you. Before I invite Frosty and the ministry team forward, before we do that, I just wanna know if there's anybody that first wants to start a relationship with God. Before we anoint people, do you first wanna know who God is? Do you first wanna start a relationship with him? Because if you don't yet know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, this is the moment that could change anything. This is greater than any anointing and blessing is to have a relationship with the God who anoints you. 